What's going on? We're here with another episode of the Halfcast Podcast. <laughs> Thanks for coming in, Ty. Obviously, you'll be watching it and you'll see Eugene, but Ty just turned up now, so we have to do the intro after. <laughs> but uh, this, this time, we're going to do something a little bit different. We've decided we're going to go to whole gyms and interview the whole gym. We started with Eugene Behrman, and uh, he's going to take us through some of, uh, well, why CKB is one of the top teams at the moment. And then we're speaking to the rest of the team, all of the guys which are uh, competing at the highest level. There was uh, some mad conversations, and uh, man, he's like you can see why the genius is of what, what they're doing at CKB. So um, it'll be a little bit different for these next couple of episodes, but uh, I think it'll be cool because we're going to do it hopefully with the Sharkies yeah. boys. We're going to yeah. we've got some soccer teams, we've got other fight teams, and we're going to run through. We had uh, on today we had Israel Volk, uh, Brad Riddell. And was that it? Uh, the next, that was it, the next yeah, three. the next couple. Of, the next yeah. three will be Shane Young, uh, Kai, and uh, Dan Hooker. So, really cool episodes and uh, uh, something different for everyone to watch. And also, Drink West pre-orders are available now. It'll be out May second. Ty and I are going to be dropping it off. Dropping it off. Dropping it off. So, thank you, boys, for coming in. And let's keep it up. Keep it rolling. Be safe. Be safe out there. Thanks for all your words, Ty. If we could start, if you don't mind, with a bit of the history of the gym um, before we get into like how everything's going, like uh, how you started, obviously you're at a new uh, location now. Yeah. And uh, just um, yeah, uh, even how that's affected, because I know with just opening up a new spot, man, um, a fucking terrifying... Yeah, well, I'll start with the the latter part first. Like, the, yep. we just we just got into a new spot that we're uh, planning to do a bit of construction on and stuff. Quite a bit. You've been there um, for a little bit, but um, yeah. thing is, like, uh, for and I don't I don't know how many people are thinking too deeply into this, but for our industry, for people who own businesses in the industry I'm in, you just don't know, like. Uh, the effect that this is going to take, like uh, our industry is high risk, like it's, it's close quarters. Like you can't, to learn uh, MMA, to learn kickboxing, you have to come into contact with people and sweat on them and exchange a lot of bodily fluid. There's no other way around it. So like how, how that affects our industry is like, is, is like a big question mark. So like uh, when, when the gym opens up, I'm, I'm just not, I, I, I'm really apprehensive. Like I'm not just not sure. You know, half my members going to come back. A quarter of them going to come back. Are they all going to come back? Like, mm. It's just up in the air. Like the hearts and minds of people and how this affects them is uh, is a big question mark. So I, I'm I'm interested. But uh, you know, you, you've got to be smart. So you've got to go over all scenarios, right? So worst case scenario is that uh, this coronavirus freaks everybody out and. Uh, the membership just drops out and then I, you know, and then people like me won't be able to afford, you know, the outgoings and all the costs that it takes to run a gym. Yeah. Then you're, then you're looking at some pretty devastating, devastating consequences, you know, so it's, uh, it's a tough time. It's a tough Which time. is a crazy flip side, right? Because uh, obviously, uh, we'll go deeper into it, but after just having your two world champions and being, the, I think, the number one gym right in the world, you're just getting that influx of people to become one of the most popular gyms 
And now, obviously, I know everyone's going through this, but I can also tell you, as soon as this is finished, I'm coming over to live there for three months. Like, uh, so I can just train before I take a fight again. So. I don't know if one affects it, but I'll be there. But I think it, it also comes yeah. down to the, just the, I, I think the tidiness. If you come in and just show from, you know, from get-go, these are the protocols, what we have to go through, it's kind of like, you know, I think they've given us for a due date for NRL already back where I'm thinking more like yourself. Like, what happens to another team? I can't control the other team, but I can control my own team. Might yeah. see one of my teammates sick. Mate, you're out. You're not coming back until, you know until God knows you've been tested, you've been other little things and that. I think that's just the main thing around the gym. I reckon, you know, very stress, uh, stressful times at the moment, but honestly, I reckon straight away, you show people how clean your gym is, and I think that's uh, the mean that type you are. In, in New Zealand, I think they just yeah. did a survey as well, though they, they voted that they would rather the lockdown to be extended to keep it doing, like the majority of people. Yeah, I think we're in a unique little bit of a unique situation for small population and being on an island right so i think people were happy to like nip it in the bud before it got worse yeah, it's yeah. a lot different it's a little bit different to australia you now we've got four million people like we, we have an economy but it's nothing like your economy there so yeah. like, shutting down your economy for the government's a big thing but over here it's a smaller economy uh economy it's, it's much more doable but yeah i think andrew you're right like just you just got to put the right protocols in place and and make people feel safe. Yo. Make people feel safe, and and I think they'll come back to the gym. But yeah, that's just uh, yeah, it's all up in the air, brothers. I'm telling you. <laughs> For sure, no one knows what's going yeah, on. That's um, and if you don't mind me asking, is I don't know if is New Zealand doing the same thing where they're pausing the rent for people that are struggling. Well, not struggling, but um, uh, over here, they, you're able to, yeah, with yeah. small businesses, you're able, uh, able to ask, yeah, that kind of stuff. able to ask to pause your rent. Not, not on commercial business, not yet. Um, really? I think, wow. I think, um, yeah, uh, just your normal households and stuff. I, I think they've they've stopped eviction, so you can't evict anybody in the middle of this, and you yep. can't increase the rent. But uh, I think so there's a small business. Yeah, small business and commercial business package, relief package is coming out soon. So everybody's just waiting to see oh, what awesome. it is. But so. I've negotiated with my landlord to, um, you know, just to get my rent halved, which is which is good of him because, you know, he doesn't really have to do that. But he, he knows awesome. that, you know, he, he knows that for, for us to survive is only in his, um, you know, that's the, his benefit for, for yeah. my business. Who else so, is he going to get in right now at this time? Who else is going to jump in and buy it? And that's a massive thing, and especially like with today. Mm. I think everyone, look, I'm a, you know, I own my house and that. But if someone wants to live in there, I would most probably do the same thing. Because it's not just, you know, us going through it. It's the whole world in general going through it. But I think, I think, I think as well, if they need to pause their rent, surely, oh. I'm pretty sure the government pauses your mortgage. Is that right? Um, I'm not, not sure. Just All right, well, I won't call it, mm. but I got yeah. a thumbs up from my right hand. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> say yes. So, um, well, that's that's good news at least, brother. I'm I'm glad. Uh, but uh, if if we could get into like a bit of the history of CKB for oh, the yeah. uh, listeners, yeah. that, Sorry, if that's no. right. No, 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 no worries. We yeah. got that cleared. It's gonna go through. <laughs> We're gonna get there. Um, yeah, so we, obviously, we... you were a fighter yourself, and uh, now becoming a like full time coach. Um, how did it yeah. start there? So, I, I mean, I used to train, I started training at a quite a, quite a infamous gym over here called uh, Baramal Liga with uh, Lolo Heimuli. That's where I started. Yep. A and um, in my, through that gym, I met my business partner now, which is uh, a, a 
fighter called Doug Viney. The man. And, yeah. And then we were training uh, at Lolo's, and then one day uh, this idea came up, and this, well, this opportunity to buy this gym came up, and um, off, off a friend who was running it. And me and Doug thought, instead of working all these odd jobs or you know, trying to be a university student or whatever we were doing, let's buy this gym and work in the industry that we're trying to, you know, be a part of. So we thought it would be like a kind of uh, kill two birds with one stone. We'd be in the industry earning money and would be able to train all the time because we owned a gym. So it would help our professional careers. Yeah. Um, so we jumped, we jumped into that. Um, but, I mean, we were, yeah, I mean, we were young and naive. Like, it's not, it's not, we, we found out, you know, as the years went by that it's not like that. Owning a small business yeah. Um, yeah. sucks away a lot of energy and it sucks away a lot of time. So, actually, in hindsight, what would have been better was for me to just to stay training at Lowell's <laughs> and work part time and I, and, 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 and I would have had a much easier time. But I took on a, a small business and tried to train at the same time, which I thought would be easier, but it was actually much harder than I thought because running a small business, trying to make leases and rents and all these outgoings is difficult, yeah. right? So, yeah. so, and that's how we started. It started as an opportunity for us to further our careers. Um, we were a little bit off with that, but um, we did eventually turn it around to what it is now. So um, it wasn't all in vain way back then. Yeah. And ended up being yeah. the best best team in the world at the moment. So, why um why why do you think like why do you think that you guys are the best team in the world at the moment? Um, I think because I think because there's there's, there's so many reasons, but the underlying reason is because I got a group of guys and a group of coaches with me now, and we all came from. A particular style of fighting at Balmoral and from Lolo Himuli. And I know you're a little bit familiar with Lolo, but uh, people don't realize the, his brilliance. And and we were all able to and some, and take something off him and learn from him and become fighters and then eventually coaches with the foundation that he taught us. Mm-hmm. If we had started off on the wrong foot, I'm not sure if we'd be in the same position now, but we started off with the right type of knowledge and the right type of teaching. Yep. And then I was able to like kind of capture that resource and bring it all together. And then we were able to, I was able to bring those coaches together just through our friendship. And then we worked, uh, and then we just put our heads down and worked until the point we are now where we've got, you know, these young fighters that are, are capable of, uh, competing and and being at the world stage but if you want to put it down and want to go way back to like the start of it then you're probably looking at that well it's crazy that you say that i was speaking to oh man i can't remember who it was it was only like last week and they were asking me about mark and uh lolo and uh i was explaining like um some uh even even themselves when when lolo's explaining i think because sometimes their freshness or the way they explain it people like take for granted what they're saying but it's not until someone does what they're doing or goes through the motions of what he's just explained like sometimes even mark they'll say like oh just punch him in the mouth but when you watch what they're doing the angles they're taking some of the um like even like the angles of their strikes 
it's genius what they're doing. Like uh, I've I've trained Lolo did one private with me years ago, and um, at, like uh, we're we're cracking up like sometimes when the way it's, it's almost like in a joking way. But after you do it, it's like genius where he puts you in like the positions that he shows you. But he's just a freshie how he explains it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to put it. But like Lolo has his own ways of communicating and stuff, right? And yeah. he has his own way of teaching. Like I, I've um, had stuff taught to me from Lolo and I didn't, the penny didn't drop on what he was teaching me till like four or five years later wow. when I started to like, I started to understand what he was trying to teach me and I started to pull it off. Then I was like, oh man, mm. finally I kind of like, I've got to the bottom of what he was trying to teach me way back then. I tried to understand it, um, but I didn't grasp it until years later. So uh, he's just, like, it's just the benefit of having, and, and, and our industry, um, you know, and, and MMA or in combat sports, there aren't many, great coaches there's a lot of good coaches but there aren't many great ones yeah and um if, if you're lucky enough and not everybody's lucky enough to run into one of these great coaches then you're also lucky enough that you can reap the benefit of that by taking as much knowledge as you can from them and really paying attention to what they're doing and trying to transfer it over to you and i, I was able to firstly recognize that and then i was able to like put my mind into learning as much as I can straight from the horse's mouth, you know, like no. not from a book or from YouTube or instructional video. So yeah. I, I, we, we all reap the benefit of that. And you, you yeah. there's some things that, you know, from outside looking in at your, you know, your academy and, and your fighters and that, there's a, a persona of, uh, you know, humble fighters, you know, very willing to work. And is there something you enforce when all your fighters come? You know, you got you got you got champs, you got boys that are on the rise. Um, you know, I talked to Kai uh, through social platforms and all that, and mate, the most humblest bloke I've ever met. Is there something when someone walks into your gym? You know, if, if I'm if, if I'm the coach, I'm going to take you on. But I need you. Is there something you tell them how to be humble, how to be grateful for things? Do you, you know, and kind of knock off that? You know, I guess that you know, there's times to be arrogant, but there's times to be you know, leave the arrogancy out the window. We're going to be. This is the way I, I work. And is there something that you do like with that with your fighters and that? Yes, you know, it was something I used to do a little bit and I still do a bit of, but the situation where I'm at now is uh, I'm lucky enough where I don't have to step in and do that very often. Yeah. Like now now the environment takes care of itself. That's mm. it. You've got a group of guys here and, and I've been there for a while. There's a group of leaders there. Yeah. They teach these, they teach people who's coming into the gym how you should act and, and, you know how you should behave um and and if you go back even further if you want to like that probably comes down a little bit to the way that lolo ran his gym it was always yeah. Lolo's a, 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 you know he's a he's a christian guy so he always ran a gym and that you know and, and those sort of in that sort of manner it was always a very respectful place um and then if you go even further than that then you know like i, I ran it the way I was brought up, and I and I've got a couple of uh, I got a Christian mum, and a, uh, although I'm not a to myself, I've got a Christian mum, and I've got a, a wonderful uh, dad who my dad's uh, he's he's a provider. He's uh, he's old school. He's uh, he taught me 
so many things about just being uh, honest and hardworking to to get ahead. And that's guess my those are the principles that I've lived by that I try and bring into the gym. And nowadays, like man, you'll be surprised. Like nowadays. I don't know. I, I, every time I say stuff like this, it makes me feel old. But man, kids come in. <laughs> the cockiest yeah. little cunts, I swear <laughs> to God, I get in football all the time. So you just want to yeah, clip yeah. around the A, yeah. calm down. You haven't made fighters, it, I don't think. I don't know if it's yeah. like that in the fighting world. But, it, it, like, yeah. Obviously, there is because there's yeah. fighters, but you can tell the environment. That's why I loved the gym as soon as you go in there because it's uh, like how I grew up with my dad. It's the martial arts. Yeah. It's like a. Um, it's the respect it's the like yeah, the honor the, and like it. you can tell those core values are part of the gym um and they don't need to be enforced either like at, the worst thing is they can be enforced because doug and like yeah. <laughs> doug would just give everyone a hiding <laughs> but um yeah. you can tell that's uh, ingrained in the gym and um especially it's when the yeah. top guys the yeah. top guys all live by those principles when they come in the younger guys it's like you just know not to do it because yeah, it's 100%. like, well, he is where he is. I'll follow follow that lead. Yeah. Um. And uh, like, how do you how do you sustain yeah, we, like you're, we, you're the we... so sorry did we I think we we had uh, is that is that uh, timing yeah. up? Can you I'm hear good. us? Oh, sorry. No, I was uh, sorry. Yeah, you good. go. You go. Well, well. Earlier on, man, Doug, we used to have to vet a lot of people, right? Mm. There used to be a lot of strange, and, and, and like you said, uh, Andrew, a lot of dudes used to come in. Um, and then over the years, we've done less and less of that. And I was like, I was thinking about this last year sometime. I, I was thinking about this. I was like, man, well, a lot of dickheads used to come in. Seems like there's more dickheads nowadays, but I never run into them. And then what I figured out is those dickheads are still coming in, but they're changing. Mm, the yeah. boys and the environment, the training environment, is grabbing a hold of those guys and changing them before I've gotten a chance to like figure out that they're dickheads. So they've become being a certain way, and the boys have taken them in and just like slowly just chipped away at them and changed them. And then so it's it's not a matter of them that they're not coming. It's now that. I've got to play to a, to a, to a, a, a style where the environment and the boys are just changing those guys. And I don't even know that they've come in as dickheads and they're just like, the boys are just chipping them away. Before you know, after two or three years, those cocky little guys that used to come in off the street, they're, they're like, they're semi-professional athletes. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's a wonderful thing when I realized this. I was like, yeah. man, this is crazy that the, 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 to where it's reached. Really cool, making yeah. men of boys. That's, yeah. that's a <coughs> admirable feat. Um, uh, that, mm. uh, also, with um, you guys being the best gym in the world, I, like I was thinking about this, how do you how do you sustain that? A huge like um, I'm sure you're coming up like because you're always staying ahead of the curve. How do you stay ahead and make sure that uh, you're staying on the front foot? Um, because obviously there will be a time like everyone watches you guys now and they're gonna f try and figure out how do we catch up to these guys. Where so what's the how do you stay on top, essentially? Yeah, I think uh, I'm working on. I'm always working on stuff, brother. I, yeah, I, I, I know. That's why you're the best, cause I know. And especially that you've had all this downtime. I can't imagine what you'd be doing. It's like all videotape. How much? How much tape have you watched in this downtime? Yeah, I've got some crazy things. <laughs> <laughs> Told you. Yeah. All this has been uh, giving you time just to stay ahead of the curb. 
Well, uh, yeah, man, I've I've got some stuff, and I'll be able to. I can't reveal it on here for yeah. obvious reasons, but when you're Obviously. over here, uh, yeah, when you're over here, I'll show you some stuff, and it's a lot of stuff that, <laughs> lot of stuff that, yeah, a lot of stuff where I've had to get people a lot smarter than me to um, to work on it and stuff, but um, yeah, but but also. You know, because I get that question a bit, like, how do you stay on top? But some of the stuff, some of the some of the stuff we're doing, there, it's it's it can be universally carried through. To it, it doesn't matter. Get out, people work it out. The 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 knowledge and the style, like, if you take. Uh, if you take like like we've become really well known for fainting which like which is a funny thing because for us that's just a normal part of fighting um it's just been a normal part of fighting ever since i've been young but that's like a universal principle like that you can't solve that you can't solve that if you do it well at no point in time and you can look back through you can look back through boxing history through 100 years people have been fainting and you know, moving and fainting and shifting. There's no, there is no answer to that riddle. Like a lot of the stuff we're teaching, if you do it well and you understand why you do it, there is no answer for it. It's like a universal principle that will survive through time. It doesn't matter. So like, that is why some of that, that is a big reason why we'll be able to stay on top. And then the other thing is just like having a desire, like, you know, like always working and having a desire to to be on top and coming up with all the different things yeah well like even people i've I've watched breakdowns of your guys uh like your fighters fights and they'll like say oh he's fainting then he's doing this and it's easy to say that they're seeing what he's doing but it's the amount of hours of drills and what you're doing after it and making exact points like even when i'm uh like so i've worked with selby obviously and um he taught me what to do and even teaching me what to do it wasn't until you sat down with my fight and watched our fight and broke it down it wasn't until then that i understood why i was doing what i was doing you're just doing it out of mm. reaction so that's um like even if people can see what you're doing they can't really understandable uh, fully i think until like uh that's the hours that they've put in and i see what you you guys were doing at the gym it was uh, pretty amazing yeah yeah i mean that was uh, uh, that fight. That fight um, impressed me, and even though you might not have understood what was going on when I watched that fight uh, live, um, and I had talked to Sabi obviously, but I, I knew exactly what was going on. And uh, that fight didn't go your way in the end, but you got to say before that, um, before that, before that, it was looking pretty good for you. I felt um, up yep. until that point. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you had him in absolute, uh, and I'm talking in terms of his mind and what he was thinking. You had him, you had him in absolute no man's land. He didn't know what was going on. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Uh, that that's one thing that I loved about being there was uh, the the mental side. Uh, like not just it's like so many people just see it as a fight. A lot of people just see it as yeah. a scrap. Like this is what you do. But I love, uh, obviously, um, you can see you just a very deep person and how you think about it. And, 100%. Uh, uh, and just say if I was going in a fight camp, how much video work do you do with your fighters? Like literally, like, you know, you, you do your training and all that, but how much video you know, behind the scenes? For as a fan, like no one knows how much video work you do. 
to be honest, like in footy, I hate video, but like, <laughs> oh, <coughs> brother, this is my, this is my office here. I have two screens. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, so, so you I, put the little one in the, and, and I just plays Call of Duty. Yeah, yeah, yeah this, is, <laughs> this is where I spend. This is where I spend most of my time. A lot of my time, just, like, especially nowadays with these guys at the highest level, where there's so much on. Uh, you know, it's just study. You know, these guys, uh, everything, everything's on the line. Like I have no. been. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that I probably spend equal or more time in front of the screen nowadays. Um, just, it's just a big part. It's just a big part. And I, it does get, it does get to you. Yo. It does get to you, but <clears throat> I mean, I, so does losing. That Yo. gets to me more. Fuck so do you have, <laughs> that's, do you, do you, do you watch all the fighters that he's fought or do you just go the last five fights or the last three fights or, do you watch pretty much I nearly try, every fight he has? Forty. Yeah, I try and watch nearly every fight. Um, I, I I always start at the obviously the ones that are the the, the most relevant, like the ones yeah. he's done recently, and I yeah. and I work my way backwards. But you can you need to go right back because there's certain things that you can identify. No. That 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 you need to know that they're that they're they're stuck in time they're etched in time that no matter what happens no matter what sort of training camp he has you need to know that he's going to come into the next fight and do that particular thing because even if they change that, sorry you go yeah well well you you have to go back quite a few years to figure out that it's a that it's a true habit that it's a yeah, true habit yeah. you can't that, go you can't go back a, yeah. you can't go back one or two years you have to go back yeah. further which is what I was going to say because even if they try and change their style as soon as they get tired or get on their back foot that's going to come out because that's deeply rooted yeah. in their system right exactly I, I mm. see quite I, I see quite a bit of change like in the space of a year even two years I can mm. see change but if I go back even further and take a bigger sample yep take yep. a bigger sample then I can be like oh wow this, that, this guy's not going to change that we can there's something we can take advantage of that he's done that since his early in his career and he's yeah. still doing it up until his last fight that's something that we can um, put in the bank you know Yeah. was that something that happened so, with the old fight? like because um as many of the haters that everything like that saying it oh man i was on my edge of the the, on the edge of my seat and i thought it was a genius fight obviously in comparison to the joanna fight it wasn't like that but i i could see like it was so impressive the chess game that was going on and i was on like i was screaming because i was like y'all's just made this a two-round fight uh, as like what he did was just completely against what everything did and it just threw it off it was like amazing in a different way to what the joanna fight was yeah that fight i mean we 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 so that fight we just basically it comes down to this we honestly thought that he would take way more risks yep and no. as a as the fight progressed we just we just thought there's just no way he can't because here he is with this opportunity and although although we talked about how he deserves the fight everybody knows he never deserved like the guy was like he, he didn't deserve the title mm. shot in the first place the only reason he was there is because we wanted to fight yeah, because no. Israel didn't want to sit around for his legacy. Israel, no. 
yeah, well, Israel didn't want to sit around and wait for um, Paulo Costa's arm to be fixed. So he was, so we were like, Dana, like, get us someone. Okay. And and then we were like, uh, let's take the mirror. And then we were all in agreement. So it's like, let's take the mirror. So then they had to start their big PR machine, and then we had to get that fight on. We we just thought after being in that position, uh, being as old as he was, probably or I would say definitely not going to get another title shot. But never seen never. We just thought he would risk the biscuit way more than he did. And as um, he's as the type of guy that he does, there's a, there's a, he, he needs a certain amount of activity just to like initially make some calculations. No. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's what be, was so impressive. Those, because you could see, like, is he needed well, yours to faint? Like react off the faint, sorry. That like that's yeah. And he just did zero, so it fucked his whole, fucked his whole. Like no. I was just, it was so strange. Yeah, that it was amazing. So yeah, but it's an interesting, it's an interesting strategy, net right? Like you, when someone faints and you decide to stay still, mm. um, because 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 when someone reacts to a faint, that's really just acknowledgement for yourself that it worked. Mm. When someone doesn't react, do you believe that it's not working? Mm. Because yeah. because it's still working. Because they're just choosing the reaction yeah. they're choosing to have. Yeah. So he still believed that he might have got hit, but he just chose to do nothing about it. Exactly. The reaction yeah. the reaction he was he gave himself is to stay absolutely still. But trust mm. me, in his head. It's like it's like when you're playing Russian roulette, right? And yeah. they're clicking through the gun. You know a bullet's coming at any of those points. Now you can just, through sheer determination, tell yourself just to stay absolutely still and look down the barrel of that gun. But in your head, which is where where what a faint's all about, you're under pressure. Like you know mm. that that could be the that could be the bullet. Like mm. the faints, the faints are still working whether you stay still or not. They're still mm. doing. What, what we want them to do and that was and that is elicit a particular reaction the reaction we got was him doing nothing mm. what Israel back to what I said what Israel needs is he needs to make some calculations but because Romero did hardly anything that the opportunities for him to make those calculations were so few and far between it made Israel uncomfortable because yeah. he didn't have enough he needs to be. He needs to miss a few shots. He needs to step yeah. back. Yeah. He perhaps he perhaps even needs to get hit a few times. But because yeah. that hardly happened, then Israel was never able to get comfortable with what was coming either. So now you had like the mirror and did you, to, to do and, anything. And did it, then he overextend himself on that first attack, and then that's when Yol clocked <coughs> him. That I think he threw like an overhand, there, and he got caught was, once. That. There, there was that, but that wasn't a big factor. The bigger yep. factor was what I'm talking about, yep. is that he just didn't get enough opportunities to make calculations. And yep. so, because I know Israel needs those opportunities, he takes mm. a while to get to make those calculations, and he never got that opportunity to make any yep. calculations. He yep. felt uncomfortable during the whole fight. It was a very difficult yep. fight for Israel and a very difficult fight. It was a very difficult fight to corner. Yeah, because Izzy obviously has a very high um, fight IQ, was there something that you told him to try and change on the fly? 
from something that you were practicing beforehand because I'm like, and we can cut this out if you need to, but I was watching every single, like um, I know you probably watched uh, Romero's fights and stuff and then I was watching you do drills and man, I was watching you guys like change the angle of Izzy's toe where he was placing it and like uh, oh. w was affecting where he'd put his shoulder and uh, like I said, we can cut every, anything out that's like in too detail right. what you do, but um, did you have to, as a coach, tell him to change specifics on the fly more than what Izzy could figure out? I, 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 I suggested a number of things to do uh, to, for us to not change, but stuff that we'd worked on for him to start trying it so that mm. we could start to assess whether it was going to work or not. For sure, we had a, we had like a myriad of things to do. Like in terms of like, um, I mean, just for your own knowledge, right? Just for your own personal growth. Like when you're talking about like changing your foot position and stuff and all of that, um, you're never you, you if your foot's a certain way in a fight, that's always going to be the wrong time to be like put your foot like this. Yeah. Yep. Or one of the worst ones that I like to. Um, that I hear too often is when coaches are like, put your hands up, put your hands up. And they spend a big part of the energy telling the guy to put their hands up. Now that's good. We might have to do a blur for that one. Blur. That might be a blur out. <laughs> you got no clothes on. Hey. Hey. Totally. <laughs> I just finished this. <laughs> oh, oh that's gold. Oh, good. That's fine. Oh, my gosh. He's going to bother me until I... Oh, good. We won't hold you for too much longer, coach. Oh. Okay. So i got to do this. Get to... No, he, he can stay there. I'll go. I'll move. Oh, <laughs> good. The real boss. The real boss. Yeah. So, yeah. Nah, so all, all I'm saying is that, like, uh, you have to be very careful with what you instruct. And I couldn't, I couldn't, people, people like, think that I was, you know, they were like, why don't you make Israel pressure him more? Why don't you make him go forward? But I have to be very careful. I can't put Israel at risk. Mm. If I give across the wrong message, uh, you know, it's, it's easy to be like, oh, go forward more, attack more. But if I send him the wrong message and he runs into something and gets knocked out, that comes back. Yeah. You, I have to be yeah. very careful about the way that I bring that message across. Mm. And although I need, knew that I needed him to be uh, a little bit more aggressive and pick it up a bit, it wasn't just a matter of just going in there and saying, look, you need to just charge forward and just go crazy. Like people, mm. people just don't understand that, you know, like, yeah. But, well, that, um, that was one thing that you said in my fight. Everyone from the Shogun fight, uh, all of them said, oh, why did you run in? Uh, and uh, uh, you're the only person that I spoke to that said in that situation that was the right thing to do because in the pocket, Shogun, he sits on his feet and then that's where he swings and that's where he catches everyone. And it's like, uh, it's, just mm. a very, it's just interesting because you have such a very different view on a lot of other people as a coach especially. And I guess that's obviously why you are the best. Yo. But yeah. Is there, yeah. Um, uh, um, also, is there a, um, like, yeah, once you guys get back into a training, is there, like, going to be, like, a timeline that you would suggest for your fighters 
before you even let them fight again? Uh, because like, have I you have up. you given your fighters a like um how to keep them technically <coughs> technically sound? Have you given them anything or to keep their cardio up or is a like how how's that been? A couple of guys that have messaged me, but um the ones that every, everybody else. I've just sent out the message. I've sent out two messages. I've sent out just keep your 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 base fitness as high as you can because mm-hmm. that'll allow us to go straight into a training camp and be just and um, and save your money. Those are my big minds. <laughs> <laughs> well, because well, it's good that none of the pubs are open. Yeah, I mean, when 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 are they? Well, none of us are. None of us know when we're gonna when they're gonna fight again, right? So like. Just look after your spending a bit more because yeah. God, God knows when 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 the boys are going to fight again. So, yeah, well, that's, that, that was that's one of the questions that I've got for all of the um, fighters coming up, especially yeah. like I don't know if you have a viewpoint on that with like UFC because everyone's paid in lump sums. Uh, I know a lot of the footballers here were speaking with Andrew how yeah. um, even if they're on that contract, they only get that amount per month or per week or whatever, just so they're not spending that full yeah. lump sum. So I don't know if that's like. Uh, especially those yeah. guys that weren't on big pay packets that got that little <laughs> lump sum their fight camp probably costs more and now they've got that lump sum to try and survive until this thing's over and they get to fight again yeah I mean that's yeah I don't go a hell of a lot into that but those guys I mean they're smart like you, you have to budget it out right like For sure. all, all, profes- all professional athletes and that need some sort of training on that I did hear a rumour going around one of our groups that a little a little bit of uh Paid slipped into all the UFC fighters' bank accounts. You might have to check your bank account. Oh, I must have missed that one. I must have. I must have missed the group message. Um, I'm just grateful to still be um uh, in, in the UFC, but um, I, I might uh, just. Dana, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I missed maybe. that message. Fucking hell! Oh, yeah. why is this thank, you, thank you for uh, thank hey, you for uh, informing me. Um, <laughs> I might have let the cat slip out of the bag. Maybe I need to... 100% all the people that aren't finding it didn't get that message. Let's just say all the New Zealand fighters, the ones based in New Zealand, I I did hear a rumor got a little bit of money put in their account. Well, I'm going to text all the Aussie fighters and uh, (laughs) see if it's true. But... um, um, what's uh, what's uh, we'll we'll try and wrap up because so we don't hold you for too long. But what's um your view on the Fight Island? Yeah, I'm a bit. Yeah, I, I mean, I had uh, they're telling me that Dan was meant to fight on May 16th, and they're saying that that's still going ahead. Oh my god! Look at this guy. He's on time. Sorry, sorry, guys. Just say hi, and we'll finish off. You just say hi. Look at it. One hour late. <laughs> Disgraceful, brother. That's why you could have so... never survived at, at, at CKB because you would have just been doing burpees yeah, forever. Know. We'll finish yeah. it. We'll finish it off with Ty because yeah. Coach <laughs> wants to give you a hiding. <laughs> well, I don't have hey, a license, hey, so it was either go to jail or brother. get a lift. Bobby. You see, this would have been a big problem at CKB, this punctuality, my brother. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> did, they, did, they let, did they let you slide at AKA? Did they? they let it slide? No, nah, I'm always on time at AKA. Hey, hey that's I what like it's it. about. Um, I like uh, it, brother. Uh, sorry, so on the, was Dan going to fight on the Fight Island? 
Well, he's, he's, I've messaged him and they've just said uh, that his fight is still on and still a go. And Kai was fighting on that same card. And they're saying that that fight is still on, is still a go. So that you've got to assume that that's going to be on the island because now the reservation's been for shut sure. down. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The kid, yeah. we'll let you, coach. We'll, we'll wrap it up for you. The kids are the kids are. It's Easter, but um, yeah. Uh, so I'll just give you leave you with five questions. As uh, five people that you'd like to have dinner with, dead or alive. One of them would be me. Hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Uh, Barack Obama, um, and all the rest are going to be uh, boxers. Boxers. Uh, John L. Sullivan, if you know who he is, the last bare knuckle boxing world champion. Well, wow. of the world. Um, who else? Uh, Sugar Ray, Sugar Ray Robinson, and Sugar Ray yep. Leonard. I'd like to have dinner with him. He's okay. still alive. Uh, obviously, uh, you can't go past Muhammad Ali yeah. and um, another, another, another boxing trainer whose whose name is uh, Harry Wiley Jr., who was the trainer of uh, Sugar Ray Robinson. That's it. So, um, uh, favorite fight of all time to watch for anyone that's watching. The favorite fight of all time. Roberto Duran and Sugar Ray Leonard. Oh, mad. Uh, another. Uh, what do you want your uh, legacy to be? Whether your own or it's the gyms. What do you want your legacy? Uh, that everybody that came into my gym, whether they're a professional or just your everyday, uh, you know, run of the mill person was affected in some positive way that, that would be cool Mad. uh you go to to do during this uh during the quarantine my go-to drill i go to to do during the quarantine to make up time it sounded like garage. you said yeah garage eight times <laughs> <laughs> and if you and if you have one last one what's your netflix show to go to um try check out bad blood it's a it's a mafia movie about the Canadian um, mafia. It's, I have I'm watched into it. Those... Massive, mad show. Yeah, yeah, I'm into those sort of shows. So, thank you very much, coach. I appreciate your time. Uh, thank we'll you. let the kids exactly. happy Easter.